This is the Growing Eternity Podcast with Mara and Jim, where we talk about the Judeo-Christian mystic traditions of spending time with God in eternity, interpreting dreams, and meeting anonymously. We have reformatted these traditions as modern practices grounded both in sacred scripture and behavioral science. Join us as we talk about Two Minutes in Eternity, Dreaming Once, Interpreting Twice, and Growing Eternity Anonymously. Could you do something on giving, as in the scriptural principle of giving 10%, um, but when you're not in a church context anymore, uh, when you're into community in a different way, could you do something on that? Thank you. All right, well, we just listened to a question by Karen Rennie um, on basic giving when you're not in a uh, formal church context. So, Mar, I know when we talked about doing this uh, podcast and answering this question, you said you had a, a bunch of thoughts on the matter. I don't know if you wanted to lead off. Yeah, sure. So um, thank you, Karen, for having your question. Um, um, this is something that excites me because I feel like whether or not you're, you know, in um, a church building, um, we are the church, we are the kingdom. And so I just wanted to start off by saying, um, as 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 11 says, um, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. So I, I just feel like this is something that um, you need to listen to God and do what he tells you to do first and foremost. Um, to me, this is an area where creativity um, and kind of partnership, uh, partnering with God um, is like super important. Um, does he highlight anyone to you? Um, do you know people that are in need or, you know, my husband and I started, um, a blessing account, um, long, well, you know, a long time when we were still in, um, a, a brick and mortar church and we were just like, so astounded. Um, the amount of, of people that we were able to, um, you know, bless. And we were doing it kind of privately. We weren't, um, you know, making it known, but there was just like, obviously the more people that you know, or when you have a heart to give, God's going to show you people that are, are in need and stuff. So anyway, um, just hearing your question, um, you might be outside of, a brick and mortar church, but there's still plenty of chances to um, to give. Whether you know an organization um, that you believe in, whether God has highlighted people, um, yeah. So, do you have any thoughts, Jim, on that springboard off of?
I can't tell if you're there, Jim. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, well, I first want to address, you know, the, the language in the question a little bit. Um, so that the first issue is, um, you know, if you're a believer, you know, if you know Jesus, uh, if you're a Christian and you're part of the bride and therefore you, you are part of the church. Um, and so, you know, specifically what she's talking about here, I believe, is being in a specifically locally incorporated church. Um, whether it's one with an international organization over it or just a local church by itself or a national organization. Um, and so, yeah, you're, you find yourself, you know, particularly if you've been in one for a long time outside of it, all, you know, functioning as a Christian, potentially fellowshipping, hopefully, <laughs> with people on a regular basis because um, we're instructed not to forsake, the, you know, the, the, the fellowship uh, with other Christians. Um, but then you find yourself not in an incorporated body that you know, maybe doesn't have a bank account that doesn't have an organized way to collect tithes and offering and then, then use them um, for <laughs> other people. Yeah. So, so the, the formal structure is gone. And if you're used to the formal structure and particularly if you've, you know, um, as Mara was mentioning that, you know, there's a blessing and you see results in, in, in tithing and God affecting your finance and all of a sudden, boom, you're outside of something that's formally incorporated. You're like, well, no, I, 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 I understand this is good to do. I understand that we're instructed to give. I understand there's a lot of things about actual tithing, you know, and how do I do that? Um, and so I just want to separate the issue of being outside something where there's a culture where it's already incorporated, where there's already bank accounts, where there's already a way to do it. And you're probably being taught and instructed to do it. And also being outside of all that. And you're like, oh, what do I do now? Mm -hmm. um, on one hand, what you know, Mars talking about, you know, there's there's giving is led by the spirit, you know, so um, if you're asking what you should do, you, you know, you want to give as led by the spirit. Absolutely. If you're specifically talking about tithing, um, then there's a few things you can look at. Um, we see the first example of tithing is with uh, um, Abraham, who after coming back from basically uh, recapturing <laughs> uh, his people <laughs> um, and, and his animals and his, his goods <laughs> stops off um, and sees Melchizedek, right? The Prince of Salem, who Paul tells us that's, this is a pre-incarnate Jesus. Um, this is pre-incarnate Jesus. He tithes because this place offers a place of peace and refuge to him, even though he's coming, you know, he's, he's harried and stressed from after a battle. And so therefore he gives a 10th and the tithes means the 10th. So if you're talking about giving, you should give as the Holy Spirit leads. If you're talking about tithing, now you're talking about this tenth that Abraham gives because he's given refuge and ministered to and provided a place to recover, right, and fellowship that he tithes because of that. And that's often what churches are instructing their members. Hey, we tithe here. We're instructing you to tithe, you know, put your tithing offering or write a check, put it online. There are churches that have <laughs> they want to see your paycheck to know you're tithing and there's churches that just trust you and there's churches that don't even say tithe means 10 percent um and usually wherever you are if, if you're in agreement with that body and they have a culture of tithing the blessing of it you usually practice whatever cultural practices they have um because while the giving the 10 percent is an established biblical therefore historical tradition how you do it you know is practice other than, you know, <laughs> well, it's a lot of places don't even talk about 10%, but other than the fact that it, it basically means 10% or, or, or a portion that is one of 10, um, you know, the, many places practice it, you know, however, you know, many different ways. You, you do it in secret, do it in public, you do it in a check, you put it in the offering, you put it in the box in the back. Mm -hmm. um, and that culture 
in that group of body, you know, they, they give a cultural practice, a living cultural practice, you know, to something that, you know, we, we see an example in scripture. Um, and so all of a sudden you're outside of that. Yeah. And now you're like, Oh, what do I do? <laughs> well, you know, seriously, if you're, you're giving as the Holy Spirit you, it has instructed you and you're convicted to tithe, you know, explicitly 10% as you, as you read in scripture, then there are some things um, where it talks about where to give your tithe. Um, and uh, basically um, we see, um, oh, what does it say? You shall give it to the Levite. Uh, th this is, I think, Deuteronomy, uh, was it 26, 12? Um, you should give it to the Levite, the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, so they may eat within your gates and be filled. And so um, this is talking about the tithe. You know, when you lay aside your tithe, and, and it talks about in the third year, you know, whatever, but, but specifically give it to Levite. Now, Levites, they're the tribe set apart to serve, to serve, you know, on God's behalf. So those who are serving in God's behalf. But then the rest, the strangers, the fatherless, and the widows, basically strangers are people who they're not part of your culture. So, they, you know, they don't have a job. They don't have a home necessarily. They don't fit into the culture. They're not part of the economy. They're in need. You don't give the money to rich strangers. You give the money to strangers who haven't, you know, you know refugees, people who haven't yet settled in, you know, found an income, that kind of thing. The fatherless, the orphans, you know, particularly – you know, well, fatherless in the sense without it, without, you know, without someone who's providing for children, who, who, without someone providing for them. And widows is someone who's bereft of, of also support, particularly in this culture. Um, the, the income would be coming from the, the husband, father, who'd be a farmer or a businessman. And therefore, the, the children and the widows of a man who died, in particularly be without, you know, resource. Now, if the widow's rich, you know, you know this is really talking about people without resource and those who are serving. And so you look around and you see, well, who's in need? You know, i.e. someone who needs refuge, like Abraham was given refuge. The tithe is then probably used by Melchizedek or, or at least around Melchizedek to continue to provide refuge. So those in need for refuge are those who are serving, you know. And so you look around and say, oh, I'm convicted to give 10 percent my tithe. Who's serving in my midst? And that's what it says. The Levite in your midst, the, the foreigner, the fatherless and the widow in your midst. And so you look around and say, well, who, who around here doesn't have provision, who's in need, or who around here is serving those, either serving in God's behalf or serving those in need? And, and then you, you would be in alignment with Deuteronomy 26, 12. Now, this is the law. <laughs> so I'm not trying to put everybody under the law, right? When Paul was evangelizing, you know, uh, the, the, the Mediterranean um, and the, <laughs> the elders of the church in Jerusalem trying to figure out, hey, what do we do with all this? Um, they... You know, they said, hey, we're not going to put anything on you other than, hey, don't don't, don't be sexual immoral. Don't eat the food sacrificed idol. That seems like a stumbling block for you. And so I'm sure they followed up later how to give and the tithe. But when they were saying, hey, we're not sure. We don't, we don't want to mess with what's going on. So we don't put a lot of burden on you. They didn't put tithing and giving on them initially. You know, so likewise, if you're in a new place, you're not sure what you're doing. You should live in the freedom of the spirit. You know, give as spirit leads. But don't don't look to enter into the law. Um, but you can use the, the law for guidance and wisdom in this case. You know, if you want to, if you, if you, if you're coming out of the tradition and the practice and the discipline of tithing and you don't want to disrupt that, but also you're outside someplace that's, that's managing where it's going for you by right? paying a minister's salary, paying church property, paying for a soup kitchen, sending it to a missionary, you, you know, then you need to do that yourself. You look around and say, okay, who's a Levite? Who, who's, in, who's serving, right? 
um, not not necessarily who's anointed, who's gifted, but who's serving, <laughs> and uh, you know who who doesn't have resource because they're they're a stranger or because they're you know they're orphaned or because they're lost or you know or because their life has been disrupted and they don't know how to get resource. And that and that's where you should you know according to Deuteronomy six twelve, that's where you should give it. You know if you're doing that, you're actually in compliance with the law. You know, and, and that's the <laughs> that's the highest level of biblical compliance. You know, um, the law is death without the spirit. But you know. Um, if you're doing that, then, then you know, some say, hey, you're not tithing because you're not giving the money to a church. It's like, well, I don't, you know, I, be, I, I belong to the, the general church. I fellowship with other Christians and we are the church, you know, and, you know, I am giving my tithe as as Deuteronomy 26, 12, you know, uh, specifies. So <laughs> how am I not, you know, giving as the Bible, you know, w- would instruct me? Um, and so it, 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 it requires leading, you know. And it requires um, the relationship with the Lord and, you know, giving out of abundance. Um, but, you know, you don't need to be a part of a, you know, a <laughs> incorporated uh, a local church body, you know, like, like one with walls and a checking account um, in order to, um, number one, fellowship with the body as a whole and, and, and to tithe. Um, so I, I just want to throw that out there. I, I don't want to put anybody under the law, you know, because, again, they, they said, hey, all you, you, all you people that we didn't expect to get saved are getting saved, but we don't want to put anything on you except don't be sexually immoral, right? And don't consume the things that would send you back to your old vices and gods, you know, the, the, the food sacrificed idols. Um, and then so learning how to tithe would be a, an issue of growth and maturity, um, you know. And if you've been cut, cutting a check to a church that you've been a part of, and also the church is gone, you moved, you have found another one. And if you have the discipline to write check to the church, then you have the maturity to find those in your midst who are in need or who are serving on God's behalf and, and you know, send those funds to them instead. Yeah, I think, I think you know, our, our story might not be everybody's story for sure. Um, but, you know, we, my husband was starting to feel um, compelled to start giving anonymously even in, you know, the, the church that we were um, serving in. Um, and so we started doing that and it was um, during that time that, that because we had been obedient in that way, things were just kind of opening up. So, um, and, you know, at that point, um, everything was kind of like electronic check and, you know, out in the open and, and all that stuff. So as soon as we started giving anonymously, God was just opening up all these other areas where, um, as I heard, um, praying about it, God saying, submit to this, submit to this. And so I was like, okay. And so in, in our story, um, my husband started taking over, um, um, hearing from God and putting money aside. Um, and it turned out to be more than, you know, what we were bringing in. But then um, when we kind of went out of the, the church, um, the, the building, um, things just kind of opened up from there. And um, it's, it's been just incredibly crazy to see how God has brought people in our path and, you know, um, yeah, so I, we we like it because it's it's a way to, in in a way we we get to see and you know where, I don't know, like 
in the past, if you're in a church, you might not know where that money goes to, or you might want it to go to somebody else. And that's not to say that you can tithe and give, and you know, have that be a blessing to other people. But um, I don't know if I'm just kind of uh, making sense or not, but it, yeah. No, it, um, yeah, certainly. So in, in most people who are, you know, not just, oh, you know, are you telling me I should tithe? But people who are saying, oh, no, I tithe, I give. I'm used to tithing giving and things have changed. And I, I, I you know, I want to know what to do now. It's because, um, A, they have similar stories where they've, you know, they've acted in faith and they've engaged God intentionally and they've tithed or given, you know, and they've seen, you know, blessing and resource and increase, you know, and they felt the peace and the joy of that. And they want to continue in that and they're not sure what to do. Or B, um, <laughs> um, they're used to being in a a very uh, structured church culture um, where they're told exactly what to do, and they feel peace because they're doing what they're told to do. You know, and now that no one's told what to do, that there's panic. Um, mm. For the for the first group, you should yeah, you should continue to give and tithe. You know, in the blessing you've already learned as the spirit leads. But the, for the second group, the first thing you need to step into uh, is that the freedom of not being <laughs> your salvation doesn't come through the law. You know, the law leads to death, uh, but it leads to the death on the cross. So Jesus dies for you. You die with him. You're resurrected. And then, and then the law becomes a, a source of great wisdom, you know, and there's nothing in the law that that's wrong. It's just, it's, it's only fulfilled through Jesus. Um, and therefore you don't need to tithe <laughs> to earn salvation. You don't need to tithe, uh, you know, to earn God's love. Um, you, you, you need to receive God's love, you know, have a relationship, you know, with, with God the Father through Jesus, um, and and tithing and and giving is a is a is an act of maturity and blessing and response. So if you're panicked because you're you feel like no one's telling you what to do, um, you should draw close to the Lord and, and build intimacy based on the relationship, so that you don't need the law to tell you that you're okay with God because the law doesn't tell you that <laughs> mm. relationship with him, love with him, you know, him loving you, you love him in return and you loving the body and the body loving you in return. That's what lets you know that you're loved. And that that's what, you know, um, makes you part of the body, uh, the salvation that coming through Jesus, but then just being part of the body as, you know, you know, interacting with the fellowship as a whole. Um, and, and so you should not seek to get back under the law that you're coming out of that. You should seek you know, to be in a living dynamic relationship, um, you know, because in the parable of sheep and goats, <laughs> where the sheep are, you know, ministering to those in prison, giving water to those who are thirsty, you know, they're, they're absolutely, you know, uh, um, giving of finances and resources and time. And, and they don't realize they're supposed to, they don't even realize they're doing it to Jesus. I don't think they realize that they're doing it for Jesus. The implication is they may not have much understanding at all who Jesus is. They're just giving, because they're being led by the spirit and they don't even understand what they're doing. They're just responding to God out of love and relationship. And he says, Hey, you, you know, me <laughs> when the goats are saying, Hey, you know, we did all these things in your name. You know, I think one of the things they would say they were doing in his name is probably tithing, you know, uh, under the law and by requirements and maybe giving miraculously, like giving in public and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so that's not relationship. <laughs> um, and so you, you want to do this out of relationship. Um, but seriously, if, if, if you understand the wisdom of the law and you have a you know, generational history, you know, like, you know, I come from a long line of Presbyterians and Presbyterian churches that teach in tithing going back many, many generations. If you want to continue the blessing of being in the wisdom of, you know, following the wisdom of the Old Testament and tithing and the law and the blessing of, you know, 
participating in that resource that you know that 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 reoccurring thing that we see with Abraham where where God provides for him and then he turns around and gives back you know uh resources um then yeah you just if you're going to tie 10 percent, just take 10 percent and just look who's serving who's in need um and you know and you're you're really good from top to bottom <laughs> um both in doing it because you feel led to and you know um following the the wisdom of of the old testament right right and and to know that you know, if you are listening to him and responding um, to what you feel he is telling you to do, even if you don't know if you're doing it right, to me, there's grace because he knows your heart and your motives and he'll, he'll pull you, you know, or he'll, he'll woo you into hearing him, you know, correctly. But I, I feel like, you know, there's, if you feel like you're hearing him in this way to just respond to that and, and, you know, there, there, there is grace. Yes. Grace and mercy. Grace. <laughs> All right. Well, Hey, if you've been following along the podcast, you're like, Oh, Hey, it's been a while. Um, we're kind of retooling a little bit. Um, but uh, if like the person sent in this question, if you send in a question by going to growingattorney.org, if you click on the podcast with Mar and Jim, there'll be a place click on that you could record a question it'll get sent to us just like this and then we'll turn around and we'll play your question for everybody to hear and then we'll talk about it like we did today nice. all right well so moving on mara uh, how's yeah how has been doing the two minutes in eternity exercise two minutes has been good um so on sunday uh, okay, so I, the tumultuous, can't say that right, um, but I think, you know, I've mentioned um, in the past that sleep has been really uh, very elusive, um, just for outside reasons, and um, I don't know, whatever, whatever. Um, I've been having a hard time sleeping at night, and it's been tough on me emotionally um, just because you know if you don't sleep sleep is everything you know it helps everything um, and so I was really struggling with it over the weekend and um, I heard on Sunday be the light and then he said don't absorb don't absorb all this stuff because like just my emotions were just kind of peaking um, just, uh, just seeing different things or hearing different things. And, um, when, when I was like, Lord, you know, what am I, what am I going to do with this? He's like, be the light, don't absorb. That's the sun's job. And so I was like, oh man, that's so good. So I, you know, just to remember that it's not all on me, you know what I mean? Um, that, yeah. so yeah. Um, and then on Monday, um, I saw, a, not in my real eyes, not with my eyes, but a sunflower, um, and it was humongous, and it was just growing, and again, it was, you know, a sunflower is big, and it's, you know, it's aptly named, they look like mini suns, and it was just growing towards the sun, and so I felt like he was still talking to me about 
that kind of thing. Like under his power, you know, um, there's growth. Um, be like, yeah, just be like him. Um, but I am not him. So uh, on Tuesday, um, I was outside and there were all kinds of birds and chipmunks and um, I just, I felt alone. Um, and then, you know, as I was seeing all these birds and these creatures running around, St. Francis came to mind. I love St. Francis. Um, and I was like, all these, all these creatures that are on my property that I love very much, um, you know, they were solitary, you know, the chipmunk was alone, he was running around and the birds. And I just was like, you know, all these, all these, I was gonna say people, all these creatures may feel alone, but they're not, um, and I am not. And so I just really felt God's presence with me. Um, as I was, you know, sitting there, I knew that the Holy Spirit was with me. Um, and that I was seen by him. Uh, and then I had to confess because I was, you know, a little bit later um, that I really, um, I had to confess that you are the truth. You are not just a truth, but you are the truth. Um, and in doing that, um, I started, you know, just feeling like this awe, you know, um, with that. Um, and I was like, I want to be more in love with you. Um, I want to experience your love for me in a new way. You go back to the simpler things. And then I heard Revelation 4, 7. And when I looked up Revelation 4, 7, it was talking about um, the four living creatures um, and talking about, you know, the, the description, you know, the lion, the eagle, the human face. Um, and if that's not going to strike awe in somebody, um, I don't know what, what would. But um, And then today, when I got home from work, I didn't see anything, but I just heard Ezekiel 1.9. And when I looked up Ezekiel 1.9, it was kind of like um, a conclusion of the four living creatures. And I didn't even see that coming. So when I looked up Ezekiel 1.9, it was, and their wings touched one another. And as they moved, they did not turn to the right or left. They all went straight ahead. And when I looked up, it was the description of the four. I'm sorry, it was underneath it was the four living creatures. Each of these four creatures had four faces. So I just thought that was really fascinating because I didn't, I didn't see that connected, you know, from yesterday to today. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. It was kind of cool. Yeah. But, I, the, yeah. I'll just saying, you know, the, um, Besides, as a as a exercising, uh, you know, whatever our ability to see and discern, and, and think, you know, to having a sense of eternity and getting revelation, uh, what you said before about, um, you know, when you being with him, getting a sense 
of that it's not all your responsibility. Yeah. Um, I, I think whether it's in this context or feeling God's presence in worship, um, but relational interaction with God. <laughs> um, and, and again, go back to the sheep and the goats. It's like he tells you to go away because I don't know you or enter because I know you. There, we have relationship. That relationship um, reaffirms who he is and who we are. Because I think without that, you know, it blurs, you know, you feel responsible for everything or, you know, you, you forget how loving and gracious he is um, or, you know, your concept of who he is is in your head, you know, or it's in you know, verses you've memorized, truths that you know, but, but they're not manifest relationally. And when you spend time with him, his presence shows up, um, all that pressure to, you know, do things that, that he's supposed to do and we're not supposed to do goes away. Um, in the sense of who he is, you know, as, as even though he's God as a person, as, as someone who loves us and who interacts with us, and then we get to feel seen and known, like it, it um, you know, it, it gives reality to, to all the things that, that we tell ourselves is true, that we actively believe is true, but um, without interaction with him, it, I think it distorts. Um, and one of the things they sometimes when, when someone is a mass shooter or something like that, they'll, they'll, they'll realize, oh, this person spent a lot of time alone. And when they are completely alone, not talking to other people, they, they, they don't have interaction with other people. They don't speak out loud and hear other people speak to them. And that's one of the things that helps ground ourselves to sanity is actually interacting with other people. Because when we, when we dialogue our thoughts with other people, we, we get to see them hear what we're saying. And, and also we get to see, like, oh, what I just said was really, really, really bad or you know, really, really deformed and not true. Uh, and I think that happens at a higher level when we interact with God. It's you know, whatever, we might have a theology that, that maybe it's pretty correct, but it, it's, it's flat, it's empty, there's no person in it, and we interact with him, you know, <laughs> and all of a sudden, mm -hmm. it, it, get, it, gets, it gets exposed to, to, to an actual God, exposed to heavenly reality, and the things that are, like, just based on our own thoughts and opinions, or just things we're, we're guessing because we don't know, like, that gets light shined on it, and, and the things that aren't of him melt away, and the things that are of him that we weren't sure, those things get those things get strengthened, you know, and we get to say, oh, okay, you know, so I'm just saying it, it's amazing, like, you know, like, you're doing everything he said, you're trying to do the right thing, and you're like, oh, I haven't spent time with him, you go spend time with him, all of a sudden, all the stress and pressure melts off, mm. you know, because if he's God, that means we're not, and we don't have to be, <laughs> yeah, 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 so I, I, I just want to, because that's, there's so much depth in what you said about, you know, spending time with him, and all of a sudden, you know, um, you know, just feeling that, that whatever, that lifting and maybe responsibility and that sense that he, he's, he's responsible for being God and we're not. Um, right. Yeah. So, so I'm one who requires a lot of sleep. And so it's been just mentally, physically, you know, in, in every way, just such a drag. Um, and so, you know, I can be my own worst critic or enemy, um, and, and I was getting into a place where it was pretty dark. And I, I had to say to my husband on Sunday night, I, I needed to pray and to break this off of me because um, not the lack of sleep. I mean, obviously I need that too. I need, I need sleep. Um, but just my, my brain was going into places that I was like, that's just not right. And so when I said, Lord, you know, what can I do? And he was, yeah, it was just very simple. Um, be the light. You don't have to absorb everything. And um, that's, that's basically my job. <laughs> so it was like, it, that was incredibly freeing. It just, it just was so, and then, you know, like yesterday, 
um, I, I kind of said it in an awkward way, but um, I had come up into this room and it was, it was like the knowledge. Um, and I said it out loud. Yeah, you are the truth. You're not just a truth. We know a lot of people in this neighborhood that, you know, are into all, you know, all kinds of different things. Um, and I could do mental gymnastics about how to reach or how to, you know, how to present and all that stuff. And I remember like a couple of weeks ago, he was just like, just love them, like, you know, just love them. And so when I was like, kind of torn up about, you know, just various things and I was like, no, you are the truth. You're not just a truth. And to reflect you back by being, you know, a loving <laughs> neighbor or person, just being real. Um, so I, I think I, um, it's just, it's good when he tells you, you know, a simple way to, to how he loves you and how you can love him back simply. Um, yeah. Right. And this, I would take this back to our conversation earlier, even about the giving, um, you know, there's a debate, you know, among, you know, like strong organizational people and, and, you know, very more independent, you know, people, um, you know, that's been going on forever in America. Um, you know, and, and it happens, you know, among the individuals like, well, no, I'll, I believe according God, according to my own studies, my own beliefs, you know, um, and then, you know, uh, someone maybe that sees the benefit of, of structured uh, religion and, you know, and vetted theology said, well, you get into craziness there, you, you should find a, you know, a, a good church and, and, you know, and, and stay under their teaching and you won't get errant. Um, and, and the, the issue <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to truth <laughs> is sure there's more stability in large organizations and there's people you trust and, and there's you know some hierarchy of safety and counts it's likely that people aren't get off the left field um but the reality is our truth should be it should be found founded on god <laughs> not not our individual theology or even a some type of of corporate theology it should be grounded on relationship with him because when you interact with him he come along he can expose your thoughts and say hey you know, that thought you have, that's not me, you know, it, it's not that it's wrong, but it, it's, there's no life and there's no relationship in it. It doesn't, doesn't reflect the fullest of my truth. So come hang out with me and you'll know truth because I am truth. Um, and so, you know, sure, you, you could go to seminary or you could read the word a lot. And, and those both things can be really, you know, reading the word is, is almost always good. Going to seminary could be good if you're called to do it. Um, but, but none of that stuff will take the, you know, that, that won't replace relationship. Um, you know, where you spend time with him and he is truth. And therefore the things in you will get pulled into his truth and you won't have to rely on your own dogma or ideology or your own, your own mental ability to memorize scripture and, and to have sound theology or your ability to adhere to some type of hierarchical, you know, approved theology and, and to, you know, to stick with the, the orthodoxy of it. Um, you know, all those can be a source of learning and discipleship, you know, and growth and study, but you want, to your being to be exposed to God who is truth. So therefore the things that aren't in you, you, they get transformed by his likeness, you know, not by ideology, not by study, not by theology, but by, by his light, you know, that so we'd be transformed by being in his light, beholding his glory. And he would take us from glory to glory and we would conform to his likeness. Um, you know, and if you're becoming like God, because you're spending time with God and you're acting loving like God is, you know, like your concerns about having good theology or, you know, or, you know, or, or how to fix your own sleep habits, you know, like, wait a minute, I'm your God, I'm going to help you with this. There's things I can do. You cannot, let me take some of that from you. 
Um, and then also you don't need to be the, the, the best research sleep expert in, in the North Shore area. <laughs> <laughs> you just need to get a little closer to the guy who created sleep. Um, <laughs> you know, if he does some yeah. stuff, and works, oh, you don't even have to understand what he did, you know, um, you know because it's, it's, you know, um, and, and that's the thing. I because you know, people are at home. They, they maybe they're, they belong to churches, but they, you know, they haven't been able to meet in person or, you know, maybe institutions have disappeared or you're disillusioned with institution you you want to engage the church as a whole but you've been a part of some group where things have fallen apart um <laughs> your refuge is in him you know it, because he's god and he is truth and he's safety and he's might and he's grace and he's mercy and he's light um and then finding refuge in him with other christians is also that's safe too you want to be part of the larger body you want to be part of the bride as a whole, and as the bride as a whole, find refuge in him. Uh, but you don't go hang out in a church so you don't have to engage with God because they'll do it for you. You do it so that you as a group can engage with him. And you could do that in your living room with a couple people, or you could do that on Zoom, you know, or <laughs> you can wander and credit of people, see a weird light on someone's head, walk up to them, realize that they know God, they know that you know God, and then you start fellowshipping. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's, you know, and, and now you're engaging with he who is truth. Um, I know that's a much more longer-winded <laughs> description of what Mara, I think, said very simply, you know, and very profoundly, you know. Um, he's not just source of truth or a truth. He, he's the truth, um, you know, and I think sometimes, you know, for me, you know, the communion with God isn't listening to God and seeing how he, how, <laughs> embedding what he says according to what you think, it's, taking what you think before God and vetting your own thoughts according to what he says and who he is. You know, you can have hatred in your heart and think you're just and you go before God and you realize, oh, how incredibly loving and forgiving it is. And all of a sudden you, you can let go of that hatred that you think is justified. You didn't even realize it was hatred. You just thought it was, you know, justified anger, but, you know, and it melts away because, you know, your thoughts in, in the presence of his nature, you know, they get exposed. Uh, and sometimes we think are silly and stupid, you know, like, oh, I think God is leading how I'm giving and I think God's pleased with me, but you think you're wrong because, you know, you're insecure and you go before him and he picks that thought out. And he says, no, that's true. I'm affirming that. I'm mm-hmm. really with you. You're being led by me. You know, you hear my whispers in your ear. And every time you, you even think about going to left or right when you're not supposed to, I whisper to you and you respond right away. And I'm really pleased with you. And those thoughts that, you know, you, your brain can't even truth and you know it's not because how studied you are it's because you know you expose your own rhetoric you expose your own ideology you expose your own opinions to the lord you let him you know rebuke correct teach you know and change them you know through scripture as well and, and through other people but um yeah you know all of a sudden you're you're someone who has wisdom um, because you've been tested by god not because you know you've you've built a, you know, a, a, a beautiful uh, uh, skyscraper of theological, you know, um, <laughs> logic. Um, people might say you're smart if you do that, but they probably won't say you're wise. Um, mm. If you seem to know the heart of God because you spent time with him, even though you can't explain it in deep and profound ways, then people recognize you know him and you're, you're a good person to go for discernment and wisdom. Um, you know, and when times are changing, our knowledge that's not based on God tends to 
you know, it, it expires quickly. It becomes old, you know, because everything's changed. And therefore, you know, like studious logic, you know, is all of a sudden, you know, uh, um, hard to keep on reassembling because, you know, the world you're applying it in is changing. Uh, but relationship and closest to him and discernment and wisdom, that doesn't go away. You know, um, you've learned to, to give where he leads. You've learned to, you know, when, when you're stressed to find refuge in him, you know, that that's always got, <laughs> you know, that that's universal. Um, you know, and, and it, it, it's, it's even more valuable when things change because, it, you know, everybody's kind of human wisdom kind of falls apart and all of a sudden the wisdom of God just, it remains and it shines. Um, so I know that that's a lot, also a lot of explanation for something I think, Mario, you said very, very, very simply and very easy to, to, you know, to apprehend, you know. Um, well, that's good. You know. <laughs> And that's one of the things you to, to you read the news, you listen to or you listen to people, you know, on TV or, or you follow political discourse. Um, there's a lot of rhetoric, which is human thought based on human thought based on human thought. Um, it's not necessarily wrong, but, you know, basing your thoughts on what God says, not on what you, you say or what other man says. Is, it's now you're you're drawing close to the truth because he, he's the truth. Um you know, and you're not uh, you're not building this you know house of cards based on human rhetoric. Which you know, if you try really hard, you can keep it together, but only until the you know, until the wind blows. You know, um, so yeah, mm-hmm. and it's well, one of the, I, yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's so beautiful because you spend time with him, and you know, and he he shows up in ways that we can't explain, that we can't process necessarily. It isn't necessarily like, you know, it's not linear. It's it sometimes we're seeing and feeling things that, that, you know, we, it's not based on our logic because we can't explain it. We don't understand it initially. You know, there's mystery in it. Um, and that's great because you, you, <laughs> the least, you know, when it's mysterious, we, we can't, we can't ourselves into it because we don't understand enough to, to try and manipulate it to be something we want it to be, you know, and we can know God is a mysterious God and get to know parts of him that we can't explain yet. Um, and that can, you know, just transcend our understanding and go way past it. So even simple things, you know, like I'm spent two minutes, I'm sitting for the Lord, you know, and, and all of a sudden, you know, something your heart might not be, know to be true, but your brain doesn't realize or is forgotten. All of a sudden, you just clicks in. Oh, that's right. He's God. I'm not. <laughs> it, it it speaks to me of that he's outside of time because um, you can analyze something like a human would and you know, be in anguish about something. Um, and then he just comes in and it's changed. It's, it's, you know, something or you feel something that shift that, that just says to me that, you know, it, it's, it's like, that, you know, him putting something of him, his spirit in your spirit. And all of a sudden, you know, something that you didn't know, you know, a nanosecond ago. Um, it's just very mysterious very good we need that we need more of that yeah yeah so um so thank you for expounding on that i i really appreciate um that and how was your week well i just want to say this again (laughs) the gold duty exercise is the you know the profound relational experience that mara had not not the expounding on it (laughs) that's 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 not
Hello? Hello, hello. Do you hear me now? I can. Yep. All right. Well, I went to the other form and my phone paused this. So I'll, I'll, I'll go my paper form. Uh, it's less uh, annotized. Ah, but okay. It, it's got my <laughs> original pictures you... on. <laughs> Aw, I'm glad you hadn't started yet. You know, you weren't in the middle of your week, so. Or maybe you yeah. were and I didn't know it. <laughs> okay. No, 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 I switched over and then I, I was saying, hey, I, I've got two forms to do this in. And, uh, and then apparently my phone decided I didn't. Um, yes. <laughs> let's see. Let's uh, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. I was feeling not well at all. Um, oh. I was so um, I. I I think I saw a bunch of things, had a lot of weird dreams being in and out of it, but none of them got journals. <laughs> um, but on Monday, um, as I often do sometimes when I do this, I saw this green vine again in the middle of my room and going up mm -hmm. to the ceiling, um, like, you know, like I often do. <laughs> and, uh, but this time, you know, and often I'll see stuff on it, but this time the vine was going up, but flowing around it, um, was uh like a, a torrent of water uh, just coming down and uh, and uh, you know and, and what i'm trying to do is uh, you know just just it, 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 i try not to keep <laughs> try to have discipline in doing this but i try not to keep it stale you know and then things occur to me that it's been a while and i'm not trying to always practice things the same way but for the last couple of weeks i've been just again uh, reminded of i think it's in jeremiah chapter one where God says, look, what do you see? And Jeremiah says, I see the rod of an almond tree. And God says, yes, you see an odd rod of an almond tree. And then tells him what he sees. So it's a great way to dialogue, you know, to, to you know, so I said, Lord, I, I see this vine growing up and this water pouring out of it. He goes, yes, you do see a vine going up, one coming down of it. He goes, um, he said, life flows down from the throne, but Mike grows us back up to it. You know, and, and so, and I think, so the water coming down was, was growing the vine that was growing back up. Um so yeah, <laughs> so um, that I think that was on Monday, um, and then on Tuesday I was seeing this. Um, I don't know, like was it solid silver or gilded silver? But it was a silver chair. It wasn't so much like a throne, but it was like either like maybe an English manor house chair with the arms and the wood kind of scroll work and the little kind of knobby things, like a fancy chair. Um, it was solid so it wasn't you know but it was it was silver um and when i told oh lord hey this is what i see he said yes it's it's this it's the seed of redemption <laughs> um oh yeah yeah it's like oh <laughs> and so the other thing i do often when i see stuff is okay I'll, I'll confess what i see to him and then you know and then um and i think we were talking about this a couple weeks ago i was like oh i need to do that more because not just i get understanding from i get understanding pretty quickly but when i do it this way it's such it's it, it puts it's it's not only do I get revelation, but I, I, I'm doing it inside a relational con, you know, context. There's there's the confession of faith what I see, but there's also listening to him. And it, it's a relation, you know, this is this relationship and, and growth and revelation and, and interpretation in it. Um, and so, you know, I confess what I see and he tells you, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah that's what you see. And that's what it means. Uh, but then the other thing I've been doing is 
you know, like, okay, well, I see this silver seed of redemption. Um, and you know, when I see it, oh, I feel like sitting in it. <laughs> you know, so, Lord, I, you know, I, I need to sit in this seat. I need to be fully redeemed. And then I'm like, oh, Lord, well, what I'm asking for is the grace to sit in the seat and to stay in it so it works its full work. You know, and I just ask for mercy for any time I've gotten out of the chair and not let it, you know, do it. Because I think when you sit in the seat of redemption and, you know, and redemption comes and sure, you know, like, you know, the sin and tarnish falls off of you and, you know, maybe thoughts that aren't perfect fall off of you. But then it gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And I had the whole impression just going through this whole dialogue and interchange and processing with the Lord. It's like, oh, this is a seat that the longer you sit on it, the hotter it gets. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, because it, well, it's going see. deeper and deeper and getting hotter and hotter, you know. <laughs> Um, you know, so that's just like, oh, well, you know, I, I want to pray for the grace to stay in that in the seat. Um, that's amazing. The hot seat of redemption. Well, it's not hot when you send it. It's it, it actually when you send it the first time, it, it it it's almost this refreshing, cool kind of metal feel. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I feel restful. It's cool. I feel all the stuff on me just fall away because <laughs> yeah. all the external stuff falls away first. But then, yeah, it heats up. It's uh -oh. you know, maybe that's it's like the frog great. in the pot of water that boils and it doesn't know it's hot and doesn't get out. Um, you know, it, you know, uh, hopefully, you know, it, it'll heat up, but it'll heat up so slowly that it won't feel hot. It'll just do its work, maybe. But maybe that's too much. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> Let's go back to the hot seat of redemption. <laughs> uh, that's really cool. It's funny because when you said a silver chair, you know, it, it felt cool to me. Um, um, and then, you know, because just silver being re redeeming, like a redeeming, you know, all that stuff. Anyway, um, but as you were saying, like the longer you sat there, the more hot it came. It was like I could almost feel that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing I'll just say this: I, the the things I started saying were things I processed before, but but towards the end, it's just stuff I can still feel that you can still feel the chair. So I was getting you know more that that I was getting before, and I also have to say is often when you connect with eternity and God gives you something, when you think about it later, you're not just processing what you saw. It's still often, you're still interacting with it. You know, you're, you're still, you know, because when you connect with eternity, you think that there was a moment in time when you connected with eternity, but, but eternity transcends time. So that, that now, whatever you experience when you connected with God in eternity, it, it, it you could think about it later. And it's, it's, it's like, it's still happening because, because it, it essentially is, you know, things of the spirit aren't limited to the moment you experience them on you know, that your experience was, but, but, the, but the, the spirit's not. And so it's like, Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. If I keep saying that, see, it heats up. <laughs> I knew I got it a bit early, but now I'm thinking, oh, it's because it, it got hot. I didn't realize that until I was saying it, and I you could feel it. You know, you know, almost I could feel my body responding to it, and then, then I, that's what I'm saying because that's that's my body still responding to the chair. Um, so I just, you know, as, as you were feeling it, I, I think so was I because I was saying things that that like I'm getting now that I didn't get then. Um, you because know, <laughs> whatever that chair is, it, it it it's based on him and eternity, not not it wasn't something that that translucently happened for a moment in my you know my bedroom it's something that uh, you know somehow exists with God in eternity that he's you know that whatever he's giving access to and and therefore it transcends that moment yeah um mm -hmm. often when I pray for people to impart God will remind me of encounters I've had and I can feel that whatever happened in that encounter just going to that person and it's not like I'm having it again it's like like that thing that happened four years ago is flowing through me still and therefore it's mm -hmm. going into where I'm now yeah so um so I'm not trying to make too much of the, um, you know, <laughs> I, I saw a small picture and therefore all eternity is open. It's not that it's all eternity is open, 
um, you know, through relationship with Jesus. And therefore, when we get a small picture, it, it, it's a, it's like a, it's an opening to heaven that he can continue just perpetually to pour through. Yeah. So that was, I think, Tuesday. So then yesterday, Wednesday, um, yesterday, um, I saw this axe, this battle axe. It's like, oh, Lord, I see this battle axe. <laughs> and I was seeing it in purple, you know, for whatever reason. Um, it's like, yeah, you see battle axes. I'm trimming the fat. You know, and then, you know, so, oh, okay, when I see this axe, what do I, oh, I get really still because I know he's trimming the fat and I don't want to move. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that me is <laughs> trimming. <laughs> so I want him to get all the fat, but I don't want him to get anything else. And I want it, you know, I want uh, what's happening to be based on him and not me. So, you know, I just, I'll feel my body getting really still, you know, and then so there the prayer of my heart is I just pray for grace for me to hold still while you trim the fat and, and for you let, to let you be the one who trims the fat and not, not for me to do it myself. You know, because <laughs> again, <laughs> he is God, and I'm not. He's the butcher. I, 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 <laughs> I I'm yeah. the side of big fear. He's the potter, and I'm the clay. Um, you know, when the surgeon's doing something, you just want to hold still. That, that, that's all. <laughs> like the sheep being shorn, they just, they just let it happen. Yeah. 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 That's beautiful. So, <laughs> then today, today, um, so I, I picked up a, a blue, pen to draw what I was going to see. And I saw these, it's almost like it was a one giant hot air balloon, like I seen before, but I realized it was a bunch of small balloons, you know, and I had a blue pen in my hand already. So I was like, I started to draw them as blue balloons. I say, Lord, I see these blue balloons. He says, no, you see multicolored balloons. And he said, he said that I realized the, the blue, the balloons were all these different colors. <laughs> so I, oh, after I drew the outline, of all the balloons, I picked up these other colors to fill them in with all the colors I was seeing. Um, and then he said, I'm lifting you up in many, many different ways. Um, and so that, that, you know, that felt uh -huh. pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, well, Lord, when, when I see these balloons in full color now, um, you know, I, I just want to hold on and let it pull me, you know, and, and, and not look for you just to do one, one, one way or just, just to find one thing you're doing, but to let everything you're doing, you know, to, <laughs> to lift me up, <laughs> let you do all the work in all the ways you want. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, so that, that was my, my week. Uh, of, what a uh, great week you've had. It's funny, Jim, because as you were explaining that, you sounded like you were getting like laughing gas or be, being filled with helium or something. Like not your voice, but you could just feel the, the, the lift in you. That's pretty cool. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, all right. We answered a question. <laughs> we talked about spending two minutes in eternity. Um, you know, we'll see what other questions we might get. Uh, and maybe then we'll have some dreams to talk about, too. Cool. Yeah. So until next time, Mara. Good to talk to you, Jim. We'll talk Great to you next to week. You. Bye. Bye. This has been the Growing Eternity podcast with Mara and Jim. For more information, including how to record and submit questions, or coming on the podcast to talk about your own journey with Two Minutes in Eternity, Dreaming Once, Interpreting Twice, and Growing Eternity Anonymously, go to growingeternity.org. This is my spiritual disclaimer. I have a personal relationship with Jesus, whom through faith I know to be God's Son. 
Through him I know God the Father, who has poured out God the Spirit on all flesh. I believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God, is both factually and symbolically true, although some passages at different times have a greater emphasis on either facts or symbols. I believe that our translations, interpretations, and applications of Scripture are imperfect, but, through, but that through the Spirit we are led into all truth. You do not need to have the same understanding or faith as I do to benefit from or participate in this podcast or the practices discussed. If you are seeking a higher and better power of some sort, we will have some common ground. Please feel free to adapt these podcasts to your own personal journey and perspective. Although I believe God offends the mind to reveal the heart, it is not my personal intention to cause offense to any specific person or group, rather that all people might be offended by the truth comforted by the Spirit, and transformed as a result. I believe in prayer, but in general, I'm trying to avoid enabling a consumer spirituality whereby people would listen to prayer and feel that they themselves acted spiritually. It is the purpose of this podcast to inspire you to daily spend two minutes in eternity with God, dream, interpret your own dreams, and the dreams of others, to gather in safe, anonymous, and accountable spiritual communities. To that end, I pray that God the Father would pour out his spirit of grace and mercy on you, that he would manifest righteousness and justice in your lives, and that he would open your senses to observe him so that you might know him forever. I pray specifically that there would be grace to spend time with him and mercy where we fall short. I pray this by the blood and the name and through relationship with Jesus.